Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What is up, all of my beautiful, wonderful, freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. We are going to jump right back in to where we left off last week with my guest, Mike Cosson and talk about all of the infidelity, the cheating, the sex addiction, and as public as his life is with his wife, he is going to share something that he has never talked about publicly. Plus, I ask all of the questions that you guys submitted and wanted me to ask, and he bravely answers them all. Get ready, y'all. Strap in. Welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not in chapter 6 <gasps> He did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. Is it that you don't want to have sex because the way Jana wants to have sex is more intimate and connected? Or is it that you just kind of, like, do you not want to have sex or do you want to just, like, pound it out like you know rage style <laughs> right right right. um mm, see Jana. i mean Jana's like any guy's dream like she's down for anything like she's like she's yeah she every now and then she wants to make love and stuff like that and every now and then she just wants to have sex yeah um because there's a difference yeah oh, for oh absolutely for me it's it's more of just again goes back to the whole chicken thing in itself it's more just my shit it's more of just I just, I just have moments. I just feel uncomfortable. I have moments that even holding hands, I'll just kind of just want to like crawl out of my skin and it has nothing to do with Jana, you know? And, but it's, that's the thing about this. It's so hard because sex is so personal, right? In a relationship that any woman would take it personal. When I try to tell, it's like, it's not you. It's not about you. It has nothing to do with you. You're gorgeous. You're sexy. You turn me on all of those things. This is just my shit. Where do you think that stems from? Do do you know if there's like something, I mean, I'm sure you've done all the therapy work. Is there something Mm -hmm. that happened in your childhood that you think created that belief in you? You know, here's, here's something about that is when I first got into rehab, I actually had a lot of shame that my story wasn't more fucked up because I heard other guys in in rehab that sexually abused sexually molested by family members by olders by neighbors by this by babysitters and i remember talking to my 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 like group therapist when i was there i was like what the fuck am i doing here like yeah i didn't when i look back at my childhood i like to say i had a great childhood yes my dad wasn't the nicest there's 
you know, physical, emotional abuse and stuff like that. And nothing was ever good enough. But I, there's not one thing I can necessarily say, oh, this is the reason. It's just a combination of things. And, you know, I even told my parents because my parents felt so much guilt. They felt like they did something wrong as parents. Right, right. And I've had to tell them over and over. I'm like, look, if you took two kids, if we, if I was a twin, you had both of us and we were exposed to the same things growing up, the same memories, the same everything. I handled it the way I did. My twin could have handled it completely different. Yeah. Part of it is your biology. Part of it is just who you are, how you handle situations, how you react to them. Um, so for me, I mean, I think part of it may be that sex was never really talked about in my household. It was always like a don't ask, don't tell. So it always felt like a secret. Mm -hmm. um, but that led to excitement. But yeah, I can see why yeah. why being in a therapy situation with so many other people that are, you know, have these deep rooted things where you're like, fuck, I almost wish that I had something to be like, okay, this is the reason why I'm broken. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I early on, I wish I would have felt better about myself almost if I had something that severe to tell like Jana or to tell my parents or to tell people around me. And make it yeah. like less bad in some way. Yeah, it almost feels like then I'm like a little bit of the victim and not just a complete fucking asshole. Yeah. But but it takes a big fucking person to be able to say that and own that, dude. You know? So good on you for that. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so and you know, we talked about how you guys are obviously in the public eye in a big way. Every time, you know, I see something pop up on e news that has you guys in it, I'm like, oh God, just leave them alone. Um <laughs> but you know, because of that, you open yourself up to a lot more criticism and a lot more judgment. Mm -hmm. What do you, I guess, not say to people, although I'm sure there's some people in your life that have said this to you, but what do you say to the the people that think sex addiction isn't real and they that just think that that's a cop out? Um, you know, early on, I probably would have been defensive about it because probably because of my shame and guilt around not really understanding everything. Um, but now, you know what, I've owned it enough. I've talked about it enough that I'm confident if people are still saying that, okay, then you're just not educated. Sorry. You, 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 this is maybe the first thing you've seen of Jana and I, um, the first thing you've heard, the first time you've heard us talk about it. Um, but that's fine. They can have their judgments. Fortunately, I'm not on social media in, in any capacity, so I don't have to be too subject to it. Now, Jana's account. Instagram account is basically ours because it's just the family all over it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, people people are going to say what they're going to say. I've never been one to care too much about that. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as Jan is happy and my kids are happy and the people close to us, you know, love and respect me and us, I'm like, I'm, I'm good. But, you know, I am human. There's times where people say shit. I'm like, you're just so dumb. Yeah. Well, and it sucks too, because I'm sure you take the burden of how Jana feels hearing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of those things where, you know, a lot of people will ask, like, do you guys ever get tired of talking about it? We're like, hell yeah, we get tired of talking about it. But again, we're just playing the, the cards that we were dealt, you know, because it wasn't our choice to come out with stuff. So we're just trying to change the narrative, control the narrative and help people along the way. And we've saw that we, we've seen that happen when we're doing our live kind of tour shows and 
we would have a couple that would open up to us in front of a room of 300 other people crying about what they're going through in their relationship because we've opened up enough that they are willing to. And we're like, that's the kind of shit. That's why we're doing this. Makes it all worth it. Oh, for sure. So you mentioned the social media account. Um, I've been loving Mike Mondays, by the way. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> it's great. Um, but you don't have social media on any platform. Is mm -hmm. that that obviously happened because of the addiction and the cheating? Or what was the decision that prompted that? That was the initial for sure. Um, even though I never acted out via like any kind of social media, it is a recipe for disaster. And I, I've never had an Instagram. I've never, cause again, when all this happened, I just still had Twitter and Instagram was just kind of ramping up. Um, so I never had any of that. Facebook is basically our parents' generation stuff now. So um, yeah, it's it's a mix of both. At this point, it's, it's my decision also, cause I just don't care. And Jana does enough of that stuff for both of us that I don't want to be She's on the there hardest too. working woman on social media. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, know. I have so much respect for for people in general that do the stuff that she does. Um, so yeah, now I'm happy. And and yeah, you you know you don't you don't want to throw meat in the in the lion's cage. You know what I mean? It's just being smart. It's being respectful to boundaries. It's just not playing with fire. Totally. Um, so as I said at the beginning you know, a bunch of listeners requested an episode like this. And um, <laughs> I know you know this from doing your uh, your Mike Monday takeovers, but I put up a, a question box and they didn't know who was coming on. I just said, someone who has cheated is coming on the show. What would you like to ask them? I got hundreds, <laughs> of hundreds of questions. So I sifted through all of them and tried to pull out the ones I knew that you and I weren't going to cover. So I don't okay. want to call this a rapid fire question because I'm sure like some of the answers will be lengthy, but we're going to go into like the audience question segment now. <laughs> Love it. Bring it on. Um, so the first one, why cheat as opposed to ending the relationship? And that doesn't have to be with Jana. That can be in any of mm -hmm. the relationships that you've cheated that you didn't have kids and a wife to think about, you know? You know, this this might, again, kind of be like an oxymoron, but I didn't want to be a bad guy. Like, I and I, and I would always get back with the person I cheated on because I hated being the bad guy, even though I cheated in the first place. So I didn't want to like hurt anybody. So I was just like, oh, I don't want to hurt them and like break up with them. So I'll just go cheat instead, which makes no fucking sense. Um, yeah. And it was part of me too. I didn't want to be alone. You know, it was, it was kind of part of that Jerry Maguire syndrome that all when all of his girlfriends are interviewed in that movie, it's like, he can't be alone. And I, I always wanted to have somebody to talk to. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, this this is a big one that got asked multiple times. Was it worth it? Fuck no, no. I the the amount of daily triggers and, and and obstacles that that you know I've caused myself and my wife is just none of that's worth it. I wish I could take back all of it. Yeah, and I mean, you guys have done a very good job at finding the silver linings and being able to educate and inspire a lot of people, but. I'm sure if you could go back in time and push a button, it would make it all a lot easier. Yeah, I do not recommend to people to do it this way. This is not, this is not the way to do it. Not highly recommended. No. Um, 
when you actually physically crossed the line, did you feel any guilt in that moment? And were you thinking of your significant other while doing it? Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. So maybe like, let's say the first time that you crossed the line when you guys were married. Yeah. Um, definitely felt, honestly, probably not why doing it. Um, and probably not leading up to it. But immediately after, like a broken record every time, I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that again. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Not doing it. And then like the next day I'm, texting with my fair partner or something so yeah it was so I definitely felt guilt but to be honest not before or during that's so interesting to me so like leading up to it and like walking into whatever room you guys were about to be in you weren't Mm -hmm. like fuck dude this is gonna like blow some shit up that's and that's where a lot of the addiction piece comes in because it's all about that ritualization and like uh excitement and and secrecy and like that's where like the addiction thrives in that shit right the anticipation and i mean half the half the excitement at the time and i hate to say the word excitement because that's what it is in the moment um that's that's part of it part of it is 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 planning it is figuring it out is is the the moments leading up to it mm-hmm and then you're like, what the fuck? Why did I do this? The worst come down ever. Oh, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, what values have you learned from committing the act of cheating? Um, probably the the two things. I mean, there's a laundry list, but the two biggest things that stand out to me are self-respect and respect for my partner. Because looking back at my behaviors in all of my relationships, I own that I was very selfish, that it was kind of my way or the highway. Um, granted, I had a career that kind of had to be that way um, with professional football, but yeah, I just, I didn't respect myself though. I didn't respect myself and I didn't respect anybody that I was with. So those are the biggest things that I've learned to be able to do is respect myself and respect my wife. Which are huge values to have in any 
any relationship in any Huge. walk of life. Yeah. Huge. And the sad thing about that side note is friends and family, utmost respect, always treated them with love and care and support and friendship. But it's just like the people that were the the one person that was close to me, the one person that could hurt me the most, mm -hmm. I would not respect them. I would not respect myself with them. Right. Interesting. Crazy. I'm sure that was interesting to dive into in therapy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, because I've done all the I've done all the similar work. Um all right. What was your end game at the time? Was it to have a wife and a girlfriend? We kind of touched on this with having your cake and eating it too, but and so like after yeah. after you would cheat were you like i'm not going to do this again it's done and then it would pull you back in or were you fully trying to be like i'm gonna have a wife and i'm gonna have a girlfriend on the side no i kept thinking i was gonna stop but the thing is i, I wouldn't have ever stopped until what happened happened yeah so yeah i never had an end game of i really wanting a girlfriend because again i didn't want the that level of intimacy of like a quote-unquote girlfriend i just one of my cake and eat it too, a hundred percent. But it's interesting to me that it was with the same person. Like you didn't feel the need to go out and get tons of different people. On I did. Team. I I did get others as well. Mm -hmm. But the constant was right. The one person only because that felt the safest because we're on the same page. Yeah. When mm -hmm. you and Jana decided that you were going to work through it and reconcile, did she, were you open with her about like, this is who it is? This is like, did she get it? Oh yeah. I, I, I panicked that time. She FaceTimed me. And when I told her and she started asking me questions, who, who is she? What's her name? What's her number? Yeah. I gave her all of that. Yeah. That was whew, bad, bad. And they, and did they speak? Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. And good on Jana, man. I mean, because that takes some balls. I, I remember the first time anything shady popped up on my ex-husband's phone um, and I told him to leave the house. I was like, I, give me her number. And he begrudgingly did. And she wouldn't get on the phone with me, but she we had this like very long texting conversation. And, you know, I, I asked her questions that you know, weren't even true just to see if her answers were good enough. And it, it really does bring you some type. And this wasn't the girl he, he was having an affair with. This wasn't the 19 year old. This was a different person. Uh -huh. uh, and it's crazy how women will go to lengths to protect the person that they've been doing something wrong with. So I'm curious, was she the, your affair partner, was she open with Jana and did she like talk to her or was it more like, uh, uh, um, it seemed like it was pretty open. Yeah. I think at first it was a little, uh, uh, but then. Did she ever tell her husband? Yeah. He found out too. Okay. I mean, and it was, and that plagued us for a while, like. I think they ended up getting divorced um and like early in the early years Gina would still like text either one of them like reach out out of pain he would he would text like us to like stir the pot and i'm like My, i was like and i'll be like Gina, just fucking block him yeah and we were able to get some closure when i apologized to him on the phone one time and it was just one of those things that 
from that point on, it was radio silent. It was, I think he needed that like man to man to like for me to own and, and apologize. Sure. Um, but yeah, so heavy, heavy shit, man. Heavy. What is your opinion on once a cheater, always a cheater? Which is thrown around constantly. Constantly. <laughs> I get it. I get why that's a, that's a, you know, a stigma. Um, but just like anything, people are capable of change. There's people that do, not to minimize cheating, and people that do a lot worse that have changed. You know what I mean? Um, I, I agree with that. I, I think so, everybody's capable of, of making a, a life shift if they if they put in the work and do the work. Yeah, if I if, shit. I'm always nobody special, but if I can fucking change, yeah. Some of these other guys can freaking change. Yeah. And I think it's important for people that are listening to not take less than that. Um if if you're in a relationship and you're trying to work through infidelity that's happened, you can't accept anything less than like I will change and I will put in the work to go do that for you and for myself. Yeah, and it's a cons- it's a constant uh, temperature gauge where there's no, you know, Jan and I have been asked a lot, when did you guys know? Or when, Jana, when did you know? There's never one day where either one of us woke up and be like, all right, yep, we're going to do this. Yeah. It was grinding it out day after day, putting the pieces together, stacking the, you know, bricks and, and realizing that, okay, let's gain some momentum. We can do this. There wasn't that one day. It's going to take time. For sure. Um, were you looking f- or wanting new sex or just more sex? Mm. The 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 true the honest answer is neither, because what I know now about myself in the sex addiction piece it's it's it was all about my emotions. Mm-hmm. So it was me having emotions that I didn't know how to express. Me going through things in my life that I didn't know how to release. That the only thing I never that was my drug. Sex was my drug. So it wasn't about sex itself. It was about releasing my emotions that I'd have fucking just pen up and I'd just be like, I, I can't even fucking sit in my own skin. I got to do what I've always done. Right. And drugs and alcohol were never an option for me personally because of athletics and sports and where I wanted to go in my life. Mm-hmm. And then the lifestyle I had in the NFL just glorified, right. You know, that kind of lifestyle, which didn't help my addiction. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it really, honestly, it's not, it wasn't about either. It was about, for me, it was all about emotions. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, Okay. This is going to be an interesting question because you guys do talk about this in your book. The question is, have you ever been cheated on? Um, So I'll have you answer that before we talk about the time that Jana was on Dancing with the Stars and that whole thing that you guys reference in the book. So before Mm -hmm. Jana situation, have you ever been cheated on that you know of? Yes. Um, was it someone that you were cheating on with as well? I've had both. I've had someone cheat on me early in high school that was, I consider her the first person I ever loved, honestly. I was young, but I was like, even to this day as an adult, knowing love it, what love is, I was like, yeah, I loved her. Oh, well, dude, I mean, talk about going to back to some of the root causes, like, hello. I know, I know, <laughs> I, know. I know, yeah. So that was... That was definitely part where it's like the first girl I felt like I loved left me for somebody else. Um, 
and then yeah other relationships was like my college girlfriend that we dated toxically for four or five years on and off in college was just back and forth and so when you were cheated on by the the girl in high school what what feeling did that give you were you heartbroken destroyed yeah absolutely absolutely destroyed um and i i kind of had this like subconscious thought of like i'm not gonna let that happen again yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say i mean it doesn't take a therapist to be like well that's enough for someone to be like okay i'm gonna do it before anybody else can do it to me again not that that makes it okay but it makes no yes exactly it's an explanation a little bit yeah so when you were in rehab and then you guys were taking time apart that coincided when jana was on dancing with the stars correct um and she had some like emotional fling during that or was it more than that um i can't remember from reading she had you know she she stepped if if we were not separated like if if she was doing the show and none of the stuff i did mm-hmm. uh would have happened it would have been an issue let's put it that way you know what i mean um it was it was enough to you know, consider it was stepping outside of our, uh, the boundaries of our relationship. Yeah. And I I know you said in the book that it took a while because she was obviously so angry and rightfully so. Um, It took a while for her to be able to apologize for that because she, you know, probably felt like you deserved it, probably Mm -hmm. felt like, well, yeah, of course I needed to go get some type of comfort to fill myself up because, you know, my husband did this to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did it mean for you when she was finally able to like own that and kind of apologize for that? It took a while for her to get there for sure. Um, like any would, anyone would understand. Um, if you're, you know, cause you, it's, you're comparing apples to oranges here. It's completely different, but I, I needed it. And I think, what she realized is that I needed it not for her to admit that she did something wrong or to like, to point the finger at her. Mm-hmm. I needed it because when she would get triggered, you know, express things to me, yell at me, get mean or whatever. She wasn't from a hurt place in those early years, you know, in the back of my mind, I I was like filtering it. I couldn't hear all of it because I'm like, well, you, you know, you stepped outside of our relationship too. Right. Like I never agreed to separation. You know what I mean? So it was like all these things. So I was like you being able to own it and just apologize. I was able to check that box and ultimately be able to lean more in with empathy for her. Yeah. I just needed to hear that acknowledgement and the apology. Yeah. Do you think that that ever would have happened if she wasn't dealing with your infidelity? Like if she would have gone to do that show completely happy with a loving, healthy marriage, do you think anything would have happened? No. Having said that, if our marriage had been what it had been before I got discovered, maybe, because we didn't have a great marriage. Mm. You know, I was not a healthy person. Yeah. So. There was unhappiness. 
there was definitely definitely unhappiness and in, in, in her past too like she said when we first started dating she'd never been really a good girlfriend and has stepped out of relationships and so you know who knows but I you know but I know if, if things were good and happy like I trust her tenfold like, I, I trust her you know so much now where she even gave me shit where a movie she was filming recently this summer you know she had a good looking co-star you know fit guy and he stayed at our house one night because they had a postponed filming so instead of staying in a hotel they were filming they're filming in tennessee like yeah just stay at our house and i had a guy's night at my buddy's house already scheduled and i left to go do that and jana's like uh you're gonna leave me <laughs> she's like with- do you care at all aren't you jealous at all <laughs> literally that she literally like got mad at me the next day she's like why aren't you jealous I'm like, I've never been a jealous person. I was like, I trust you. Yeah. You know, where even his his poor wife got upset that they were there alone and they had to say that. But I was just like, oh. and that's a tricky situation when you're in the industry. My my ex-husband and I had a lot of, um, well, let me rephrase that. My ex-husband had a lot of issues with being on set, having to do on-screen kisses. Like, you know, it just, it's a weird industry to navigate through. Oh, for sure. And it takes uh, someone to understand it a little bit to kind of be balanced with that. But for sure, and, until Jana does like a Showtime series or something, I'm fine with all the Hallmark Lifetime stuff. But right, right, come come talk to me again when, when she has to like do ass naked writing someone on screen. You're like, oh well. <laughs> I will not be there on set that day. I will not watch it at all. So yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, two more. Do you ever have the urge to cheat again? And if so, what do you do about it? So, you know, this is a question that a loaded question that I'll, I've I've gotten I've gotten from Jana. And my answer my answer is this. I'm able to acknowledge what comes up for me. I'm able to acknowledge and say man, in this current situation, if this was the past, I would totally try to go act out right now. That's my way. So it's not me sitting there thinking like, oh man, I want to go have sex with somebody or I need to go watch porn or I need to go do whatever. It's me just being able to acknowledge with the shit that's coming up for me. I'm like, man, in the past, this is how I'd handle it. Mm -hmm. But that's not how I handle it now. So now it's, you know, I'll call my sponsor. I'll call brothers in my program. Um, I'll go to a meeting, but if none of that is immediately available, my biggest thing is I'll get up physically, get up from whatever I'm doing or wherever I'm at in the house and go do something else. Right. And typically by the time, and this is just something I found that works for me. Typically by the time I get to the next room, that thought I completely forget about what was going on. Yeah. So it's just change of scenery for me. And it's just having the tools. uh, Yeah. I'm just repaving different paths in my, you know, in my brain and in, in, in my nervous system to, to react different ways. Yeah. Did you ever think you'd get caught? You know, I think every cheater thinks yes and believes yes, where that's part of that daily guilt that you live with, where and the codependence grew immensely between Jan and I, because, and I've never been codependent in a relationship. And it was always like gauging how she was. If she was in a bad mood or like short that day, I'd be like, well, this is it. This is the day. She found out. 
Right. You know, and then and then I'd figure it's like I'd finally get it out of her, and it's like something worth work, and I'm like, oh, like I survived another day. But like exhausting. The fucking worst. It's literally like you know they say in any twelve step recovery, it's living one day at a time. I was that doing that on the opposite end of trying to survive one day at a time. Right. And it's just like anytime something was wrong, here it is. This is it. So I think and that shit will give you cancer, man. Like holding that energy inside of you, it's 100%. it's so unhealthy and so draining. Oh, it's it's yeah, it is cancerous. That's the perfect adjective for it. Yeah. Um. So this is one of my questions as we we start to wrap up. Um. Obviously, there's countless news articles about both of you and what you guys have gone through. You guys have your super successful podcast and you've really like put a lot of your story out there. Have you guys, I'm sure you've had the conversations, but are you nervous about when your kids get to that age, like what they're going to be reading? Uh, another great question. And we've gotten this a few times and you know, what I say to that is we can't control the information that's out there. We've chosen to, to live openly around all of this and the kids are going to find out it's inevitable. And what I told Jana too is look, by the time they're of age to see this stuff. So we're probably at least another five years with our daughter. She's turning five this month. She'll be, you know, 10 she'll probably start maybe using the internet some so we have at least another five years there where i want our kids by the time they see it their memory of us is completely different than what they see or what they read Mm -hmm. where they're like wait mommy and daddy went through this right like mom no that's not the mom and dad i know the mom and dad i know you know show conflict resolution love each other love me love my brother love you know, we have so much fun together. We're happy. We're doing all these things where we have a discussion about it. And then they're just like, okay, and move on. Because it's so far from the reality that they know mm-hmm. that it, it won't even affect them. Right. And so that's, you know, that's the optimistic. Yeah, that's the best case scenario. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, that's the butterflies and rainbows scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when they get older and even older than that, teenager young high school stuff like that and have more questions around the specifics of things Mm -hmm. then we sit and talk to them about it and can explain that to them yeah um but you know go ahead are you prepared for jolie or jace i guess to potentially be mad at you at some point i would yes but i would honestly be surprised and maybe i'm being a little naive to that but that's a silver lining of all of this that I'm extremely grateful that number one, I got into the uh, 12 step program for this at a young age. Mm-hmm. And number two, that our kids are young because I have plenty of brothers in program that their kids are grown or teenagers and they've had to go through all this and their kids are mad at them for years and just starting to reconcile. Yeah. Where it, it, I look at it as a gift that it happened so young Yeah. for, you know, you know what I mean? So, my hope is that kind of what I was on my soapbox saying at the beginning there is that they won't be mad because they know me as this dad that they've only seen love towards their mom. They've only seen respect 
around the house. Like they, that's all they've seen. So for them to get mad of something that happened when they were a, not even born or in, an infant would surprise me a little bit, but if that's how they reacted, then I would give them that space. Yeah. It's gotta be, be like, Hey, if you're upset, I totally understand. I'm here to talk to you about it. You can talk to mommy, but you know, we're here as your safe place to, to express any feelings or emotions you have around it. Um, but that took some time to come to terms with yeah. them figuring it out because it does suck. Yeah. I'm sure that weighs on you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm staying optimi- optimistic about it, but it is inevitable. And again, our our goal right now is just to be the best mom and dad that they can possibly have for the next five, 10 years and figure it out then. Well, and at 100%, the fact that you know, this was the catalyst to put you into the program and to make you go really like deep dive and fix some shit made you a, a better human, but be a much better father. I'm sure. Oh my God. This is, I don't know if I've shared this, so this might be a dropping a bomb on FML talk. Yeah. FML (laughs) dropping a bomb on FML talk. Um, I have memories of when Jolie, our, our five-year-old was an infant rocking her in her room, like on my shoulder, having my phone and looking, either texting my fair mm. or looking for women to act out with, like while I'm holding my daughter. Yeah. And it's like, that's heavy. What a fucking piece of shit, you know? And to your point, thank God that is not my life these days. Thank God. Like, thank God, because that's just, you know, and and that's a part of my shame that's still there that, you know, I look at my daughter and I'm like, I want to like, she had no idea, but I just like want to like hold her even more and like apologize to her that I was that unpresent Mm -hmm. that I was holding her as a little beautiful baby. Yeah. Scrolling on my phone, looking to act out. Yeah. So, yeah. But thank goodness that it turned around the way that it did. Because I see, Mm -hmm. even just from afar, you know, on social media and from knowing Jana, I see what great parents you guys are. And, you know, it takes certain things to shape us into humans to become really great role Mm -hmm. models or, you know, daughters or parents. Um, So if that's what it took to make you the person that you are now to be able to be an incredible partner to her and an incredible father to them, um, then, you know, so be it. It mm-hmm. sucks for all the people that got caught in the crossfire, but at yeah. least there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Gotta, gotta look at it, look at it that way. Otherwise we'll just drive ourselves right. crazy with shame <laughs> and guilt. what the fuck is going on. <laughs> right. Exactly. Dude, thank you so much for being here. Um, I also want to shout out and thank your beautiful wife because I'm sure this is not like great to to rehash and reopen all this for either of you. Um, mm-hmm. But as a woman, like I, I sympathize with with you know how you having to tell your story again that she's obviously so personally involved with, and mm-hmm. I love her dearly. Um, but I'm so grateful that you were so open. You were the perfect person I could have ever imagined to bring on to uh, satisfy these listeners with a topic like this. So thank you for coming on and being open and uh, really, really thankful that you are better and here. 
Stone, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, Jana loves you and, you know, she's very supportive and, and, you know, we, we, uh, as a couple and as individuals, we're always here to help you and, you know, consider you a friend of both of us. So anytime you need anything, you know, we're here and I appreciate you giving me the platform to, to talk to your fans and your listeners and help them hopefully understand a little bit more from the guy's perspective. Totally. Thank you. And uh, we can't wait for this pandemic to end so we can finally all hang out, the four of us. I mean, I know. It's, <laughs> it's unreal. All right, dude. Uh, thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Wow. I, <laughs> this episode was so eye opening, so intriguing and interesting. And I'm so glad that you guys were demanding that I do something like this because it was really almost cathartic to hear it from a male cheater's perspective. Um, so I hope you guys got as much out of that as I did. I again want to thank Mike for coming on and being so open and so vulnerable and <laughs> taking every question I asked like a fucking champ. Um, and again, my thanks and love to his hot fucking wife, Jana. <laughs> um, I am grateful to know you both and to have had both of you on now. And I love you both so much. All right. It is about that time, y'all. We're going to get into a quite interesting FML story. Hey, Gabrielle, this is Lauren and this is my FML story. I met my ex-husband online dating. He was a Marine. I was in nursing school. Two normal people just getting together and falling in love. We dated briefly, got married very shortly, within seven months, I think, after meeting. We decided to move down to South Florida where our families were. We bought a house. We had a business. I was working as a nurse. We had a child. Everything was great. But my ex-husband started uh, exhibiting some very bizarre behavior, including being obsessed that the world was ending. And he found a pastor on YouTube that he connected with. And that pastor had convinced my husband at the time that we had to move. We had to get out of the city because the world was ending. And so after a lot of arguing, uh, I finally agreed to follow him and check it out wherever this guy was living and that we would maybe travel, and the, but that I did not have to stay in this one area. So I reluctantly agreed to sell all of our shit, including our house and our business, everything, packed what we had left in a tiny little trailer and, and towed it in the back of a truck with my daughter and my dog and me and my husband. And we traveled across the country, got there. I realized this place was literally a compound. There was multiple families living there. The leader of this so-called religious group had put his wife on the other side of the property so that he could pursue a 19-year-old that he had actually brought there, them, him there himself. Needless to say, I realized this was not a good situation. My phone was smashed on the ground so that I couldn't communicate with anybody. I still secretly communicated with my family. I knew this group was going to be in a major city, uh, specifically Dallas, shortly there after I got there. And within a couple months, I had created a plan to get the heck out of there. When I got to Dallas, I had my father come meet us at the hotel. We snuck out of the hotel while everybody was busy during a religious service. And I was able to get back home where I promptly filed for an injunction and a divorce. It blew up their whole operation, getting the FBI included. And 
my ex-husband came back down to Florida, tried to convince me that he was wrong and that he had changed and that he would be different and it wouldn't be the same and that those people were crazy and blah, 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 blah. Needless to say, I still had his Facebook on my computer from when we were married, so I promptly went on there and discovered that in his messages, he was basically putting out applications for a new wife on all these religious groups on Facebook. So I promptly continued to serve him with divorce papers, divorced him, and within a few months of me divorcing him, he was already remarried to some other unsuspecting poor girl. And that is my FML story. Oh my God, I thought my FML story was bad. This poor girl legitimately accidentally got put into a cult with with her gem of an ex-husband. I mean, and then to find out that he was putting out applications and uh, hiring wives. I am so sorry, girl. I feel like this story should be on an episode on one of those TLC shows that uh, has those reenactments happening. <laughs> Next week, we are going to do something that everyone has been asking me to do since we started FML Talk, and I have been resisting against it, but I want to listen to my people, to my FMLers, so we are going to jump in next week. It's going to be an episode all about the shit left out of the book. It's going to be a juicy one, guys, because there's chapters that were left out that I'm going to read, and there are things that just didn't make the cut, and we are going to unpack it all right here with you on FML Talk. As always, make sure you guys are subscribed so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast so you can submit your FML stories, keep up with behind the scenes info, and we're going to be releasing new merch soon, so you want to keep an eye out for that. I can't wait for you guys to see these designs. They're so fucking cute. Until next week, guys. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.